Hello. I got it now. Okay. I had heard a rumor that if the person with a stronger connection places the call, then the like packet loss rate is uh, more tolerable or something. I'm not sure. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> Was the sound quality a little bit better? Um, Maybe. It got a little fuzzy right there, but keep talking. I'm lying in repose now, so I'm very relaxed. If I fall asleep during this, I'm sorry. That would be the alcohol again. Yeah, well. <laughs> so It's kind of the theme. Yeah, yeah. Welcome uh, welcome back to another another episode of Analog Bias. I promise I won't be this as drunk as last time this time. <laughs> yeah, I think um Keith and I wanted to start off this week talking about some of the mistakes we made in the last last podcast we put up there were quite a few mistakes <laughs> uh, in fact i think that there were so many mistakes that i'm not going to remember how many mistakes i made i think that i just personally remember the f- one glaring one in my praise of the new cloud nothing's record attack on memory i said that they recorded it in a basement now there's nothing true about that the only true part is that they did record an album that they put out in a basement, and it was the first one. This one, however, was recorded in Chicago at Steve Albini's studio. Right, Electrical Audio. That's the name of it. And for anybody who's familiar with Steve Albini or his studio knows that that is probably the farthest thing away from a basement that you could probably find. Yeah, yeah. But in some ways, its uh, I mean, it's an amazing room. But um, his uh, his workflow is maybe sort of basement-y in that he just wants to capture it live. Although I guess there's no rule that says that's the way somebody has to do it in their basement. So forget <laughs> well, I said anything. <laughs> the workflow, sure, but the te- technology that he has is far from a basement. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. The that, uh, that was my glaring mistake. I know, I, I, I know that I made at least one other one, and I can't recall it off the top of my head. Mm, we'll remember eventually. Yeah, or somebody can just yell at me for it, right? On, on Twitter, which I never check, so I won't even get the criticism. <laughs> I'll I'll watch it for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, there are a couple couple mistakes I had made too. Uh, Dave Grohl's studio is Studio Six O Six, not Six O One, and I know we were both confused about that while we were talking last time, Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, but Six O Six was the correct answer. So, is there a reason why it's titled? Or named 606? I am going to guess that it's an area code. Oh, yeah. I think that's Los Angeles. Is it a California area code? That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Anyhow, that also makes me think that we should have a guest on the show sometime. We should have Adam on. Oh, yeah. Somebody who can accurately identify LA area codes for us. Well, that, that and somebody who's making incredible advances in music technology. All right. Yeah, Keith's talking about our friend Adam Summers, who is doing some pretty cool stuff with the Leap Motion, um, which I guess if you're not familiar, is an accessory for your Mac that um, doesn't create like a touch screen, but does detect gestures in the air in front of your display. So he's, uh, he's working on making instruments, synthesizers, for your computer that are controlled gesturally. And, and what I've more, seen is pretty cool. 
And more importantly, he can identify Los Angeles area codes. Right, that's the real reason. We'd have him. That's the real reason. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll have him talk about something else, but we know why. Everybody here knows why. Um, what, what, what other mistakes did you make, Jeff? Oh, one more. Um, the console in Sound City is a Neve 8028, not an 8068. Mm. So just numbers. Numbers mistakes. Numbers. I, I had. Uh, I, I think I think I made more glaring errors, and I'll I'll listen back to uh, I'll listen back to our our previous podcast, and I'll remember the other mistakes I made so that I can correct myself. But <laughs> Jeff, what are you drinking this week? All right, man. I know I said I would have. No, finished. please don't. Oh mm. God, that's well. So no, this is this is the very end of it right now. So I will be finishing the bottle while we talk. All right. Well, at least you're finishing it now as yeah. we speak. So you will open your aged Jack Daniels. I think what you have next. <laughs> it's, it's strictly aged in my cabinet because it's taken me so long <laughs> to finish this Jim Beam. Yeah. Well, I'm back to vodka tonics. Okay. Because I, I don't know. Whiskey, whiskey is only good in certain, you know, applications. I think is the word. I am and, a you know as summer rolls around up here on the East Coast. Uh, I am a gin and tonic person. Oh, oh, are you? Because mm. I'm, I, I'm pretty much a connoisseur of gin and tonics. So I think, I think that maybe we'll switch up our drink of the podcast and just exclusively do gin and tonics for the summertime, Jeff. All right, and, I, I like it because that's that's kind of it's kind of my thing. I don't know if you knew that. Actually, I'm pretty sure I, you know that. I absolutely knew that. <laughs> I was baiting you. I know you were baiting me. <laughs> All right, well, so on to bigger and better things. Uh, we have corrected our mistakes. Yeah, right. We, or most of them. Um, we have covered our drinks. And Jeff, what would you like to talk about this week? I got a couple things. Um, I have been traveling a bit too much recently. Um, but it kind of uh, traveling, I've got my iPad with me. And I've been playing around a lot with options for audio and uh and the tools for making making music on the ipad and so i was thinking we could talk about that a little bit and then i also really need a haircut and i am petrified i i don't know why i'm just uh completely uh gun shy when it comes to getting a haircut it's like this you never know what you're going to get kind of thing it's a it's a difficult proposition i mean i've i've been there many times i mean my hair was very long for many years, and I actually just recently—it was, it was past my shoulders—and I just recently cut it. After three years, I cut it back, and it was the most annoying experience of my life. I just want my long hair back. Yeah, so maybe I should clarify the reason this is thematic or at all relevant to what we <laughs> to this podcast is because of your rock star hair. I'll try <laughs> and find a link to a picture of it, and, uh, <laughs> and oh man, you have to find a good one of me headbanging. Those those are always the good ones, but no, so I mean, I have I've followed your lead into uh, into rock star length hair, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to back myself out of this corner. I don't think there's any corner to back yourself out of, Jeff. I think that you just need to carry it on. You know, I mean, you you have you have to get to a point where you can put it in a ponytail, and that's the only time that you can actually make a decision if your hair is too long. Okay, well. Yeah, the way out is through. The way out is through. And then if you don't like it, just chop it off. But you can't – I think it's a mistake 
to chop it off before you you actually experience what it is to have long hair. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's getting pretty long. I mean, it's it, it is long, but you haven't you haven't even grazed the surface yet. Yeah, man. It's been uh, by last count, I think it's been eighteen months since I've had a haircut. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, you can clean up the ends a little bit. No, we we're, we're totally off of music or music technology now, but we're now just talking hair sign. You can clean up the ends a little bit, and that'll actually help <laughs> it grow faster. If you want. <laughs> uh. But I think that you really, I think you need to grow it out further. I want to see you, Jeffrey Vaughn, with a ponytail. That's what I want. Yeah. All right. That's what that's what I want for my birthday. I did. Oh, that's a that's a strong request. That's what I want for my birthday, which is coming up, and it's a big one, Jeff. So I want that for my birthday. Man, I don't know if I can if I'm going to make it that long. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, a long weekend this weekend. I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, maybe I could find time in the long weekend to actually address the situation. I think we just addressed it. All right, all right. Well, and, I'll report if, back in two weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I've, I've addressed the situation from my end, and if you do anything against my wishes, then this podcast is over. <laughs> over. Oh man. Maybe before we move on to the to the big the big topic, um, we did not put out a podcast two weeks ago, mm. and Jeff was on an island vacation. Mm, that was one of the many places I've been. We've also just, <laughs> I don't know, there's no good explanation for it other than just uh, crossed wires with scheduling. And I guess we'll try and be more regular about this in the future. Two weeks we seemed like a, a good goal, not as overwhelming as a weekly podcast. But if uh, if, we're, if we have trouble going forward, you know, we'll re- reevaluate the schedule. I think two weeks is good. And we really need to stay on top of some of our goals so I I apologize, and I think we apologize to everybody by saying we will have theme music by next, or at least the starts of theme music by next. And I will have bought some technology to actually make my voice sound better and not sound like I'm talking through a tin can phone. <laughs> we will get on top of these things. Yeah, this week the uh, the fan from your computer was making so much noise that we've actually you are on your phone this week. Yeah, my computer's kind of a fossil, but I don't want to insult it because I feel like technology can actually tell when you insult it, and then it'll not work. Like, I never insult my car. I believe technology, much like the Jack Daniels in my liquor cabinet, only improves with age. You do not believe that. No, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) I know for a fact you do. I don't think anybody believes that. Yeah. But I just don't like to insult technology or automobiles because I feel like the second you do, they can tell and they'll break down on you. So I'm not insulting my computer, but it is a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> it's an antique, Keith. Mm. By the way, did you notice how big the glass of vodka tonic I poured myself is? It's uh, it's significant. Is it, it is uh, mostly sizing. tonic? Or are we going to have a repeat with <laughs> lots of corrections like last time? Well, I think last time we were more in my wheelhouse of making mistakes. When it, when, when it comes to the technology stuff, I kind of just let you... Uh, you take the helm on it, and I and and and, and I add in my uh, my inept questions. So hopefully we have some sort of repeat of of hilarity, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> yeah, 
man, we're already like 10, 11 minutes in and we haven't even started talking about anything that anybody cares about. I really hope that's why people tune into this. <laughs> if anybody's tuning in at all. Hey, you want to wrap it up here? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no. All right. Let's talk about some technology. Cool, man. Um, so, yeah. So specifically audio software stuff on iOS. And I don't know, Keith, have you played around with this much? I actually have. I, on my phone in particular, uh, I've played around with a good deal of uh, audio technology and music technology stuff. Some of it's just games. Some of it's actually, I mean, they feel like games. You know, you have like, I I, I saw a string sampler once. It was like Symphony for my iPhone. And you could actually arrange and write, and I use those two words in the very loosest of terms, Mm -hmm. string parts and orchestra parts on your iPhone. And I thought it was neat, but it kind of felt more like a game. Okay. Um, and I do have GarageBand for the iPad and and for and for the iPhone, and that actually is kind of neat. I mean, it's they, amazing. They, yeah, I mean, they they did a really good job of adapting that program for a different medium. You know, I I, I usually use it on the iPad, but every time I start up GarageBand on my iPhone, I am blown away at how much you can accomplish on a four inch screen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they like like I said, they really. They adapted the program incredibly well and, and changed it and changed it enough that it actually makes sense right. on, on both an iPhone and an iPad. You know, and, and I and I think that those I, th- I think that, that program, the GarageBand program, is well worth the what five or six bucks that you have to pay for it. I mean I think and, it was five when I bought it. I actually don't know what the price is right now. But I, I think that, you know, the the iOS music programs are really kind of amazing. Then I had another one that was a whole amp simulator. Oh, was that Amp Kit or Amplitude or something? I think it's Amplitude or Amp. Or there, or there's a handful of them out there. It's really, really cool. Honestly, it was they, they they all kind of have their own their own character, and and it doesn't feel like you're being shortchanged by the program at all by not using it on a computer. Yeah, in in some ways, I actually. I don't know. We've talked about, you know, the other the other recurring theme is productivity. I one of the things I really like about iOS as a platform is the very limited nature of multitasking. So, you have one thing in front of you and that's the only only thing you can really be working with in a moment. So, I I find I'm much better focused um when I'm doing something with an iPad or an iPhone than if I have just a massive suite of tools available on my computer. I would agree with that. I mean, I think that I never seem to get anything done when I have a lot of programs in a computer in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still get more done with tactile instruments. I mean, I, I still think sure. that when I view, especially on iOS stuff, you know, I, well, I suppose this is not not a really odd statement, but. I feel like sometimes when I'm working on a computer, if I'm you know working in um, Ableton or Reason or I mean Pro Tools isn't really something that you work in to create music. It's more of a or for me, it's yeah. more of a it's, it's more of a recording platform, mm-hmm. you know. Or even when I'm like using something like Sibelius to arrange, you know, I feel like as much as I don't get like worlds done, you know, I'm not you know writing the Requiem or anything like that. But I do feel like they're more serious. And when I'm working on iOS, it always kind of feels like a game to me. Like, 
at the end of fooling around with GarageBand on my phone, it kind of feels like, all right, well, I don't need to save that. That's kind of a throwaway. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I guess I had a similar perspective for a long time. You know, GarageBand was like the the, uh, most straightforward to use like recording program for me on Mm -hmm. iOS. Right. And I found the instruments in GarageBand were you know, totally reasonable and respectable for sketching out an idea, you know, trying to dump something out of my head. Um, but that was sort of the, the ceiling I could hit. I, I, I know many people have done complete releases with iOS, but for me, I found, you know, monkeying around in GarageBand. Um, I just wasn't, it was great for getting the idea out, but it was not a finished polished product. What kind of monkey? Mm, I don't know. Like a lemur? Or is a lemur even a monkey? Uh, we are well outside the area of my expertise. <laughs> We're going to say you're orangutan around. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> back, back on track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. The uh, yeah, so that was that's kind of how I always approached GarageBand and, and how I felt about it. And I had a bunch of other tools on my on my phone. Um, you know, I, I've had AmpKit, AmpliTube, all of those um, at one point or another. And uh, the problem was, you know, you might get a really cool guitar tone plugging your guitar in to uh, to something like AmpliTube or AmpKit, but then there was no good way to capture that in GarageBand on iOS, right? So everything was just way too siloed. Right. Um, but uh, have you heard of Audiobus yet, Keith? No, I have not, actually. Audiobus, um, Audiobus is an app that you can buy for about $10. I think it's still $10. And it came out somewhere around six months ago. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it's in the last six-month window. Um, what Audiobus does is it allows the people who write audio software for iOS to include a little bit of code in their app. And then you can, if, if they've written this code into their app, you can use Audiobus to connect different uh, apps together. So it allows you to connect up to three things. Well, may, technically more than that, but uh, it has a source slot, an effect slot, and a destination slot. So you can take an instrument, um, something like uh, Funk Box, you know, the drum machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can run it through an effect, which could be like a guitar amp simulator. And then you can send that into something to capture it, like GarageBand. Uh, and then you can so you put down your guitar line that way or you put down your drum line and then you switch to something else and you can capture it into GarageBand. And for the first time, there's really a good way to route audio between applications on iOS. And uh, I, the, the really, really cool thing about it is, and I, I think this is a first in a long time for Apple, um, instead of coming up with their own way of doing it, Apple actually adopted the Audiobus standard in GarageBand. 
So this is this was really big news just because Audiobus was invented by a developer, I think, in the UK. Uh, and he just did this on his own and he published the SDK for other developers to include this in their applications. And this all happened really, um, I don't want to say without Apple's consent because they review everything. So I think they knew what was happening, but this was developed without Apple's involvement. And this has been one of the things people have been asking for for a very long time. And uh, so the fact that not only did Apple let this get through the app review process, but they've actually built it into GarageBand is huge. It makes it seem like this is going to be an interconnection format that sticks around. That's cool. I've, yeah. why, why I've never heard of this is beyond me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is like 10 bucks to get AudioBus, but if you've already got GarageBand... GarageBand functions as a destination. I said there's those three slots, source, effect, and destination. Um, and if you grab the AudioBus app, when you open it up, it will actually give you a list of other applications that support it. So um, you can go poke around in there and see. Some of them are free. Some of them you have to pay for. Um, for a while after AudioBus launched, I was grabbing almost everything I could. I spent way too much money on instruments. <laughs> Um, anything that that adopted AudioBus, I, I just grabbed, and it's really slick. Um, the one caveat to this source effect destination thing, it's uh, you can have multiple sources actually, so they all get summed together and then run through the effect in parallel. So you can actually do a like a fairly complex arrangement with multiple apps and route them all into like one track in GarageBand, or you can. Uh, you know, do things one at a time. So that's pretty slick and definitely worth checking out if you haven't played with it at all. Uh, I definitely will. I mean, I think that one of the problems that always comes up for me with the uh, iOS music software is, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't really I feel like when I'm home, I always want to be, like, if I'm doing something musically technolo- technology, technologically based, I want to be on my computer, you know, it's like I don't, I don't really download stuff. I mean, it's like we have an iPad, but I don't really download stuff for it. You know, it's not really my main source. And when I have stuff on my phone, I have a tendency to, like, use it a lot for, like, two days. Yeah. Then get real bored of it and delete it mm-hmm. because I want that space back so I can have, you know, music on my music on my phone or something like that. So I just need to actually, I think that, you know, kind of what the beginning of this conversation was is that you've been doing a lot of traveling and yeah, a lot yeah. of and, and a lot of these programs are really helpful when you are traveling and you're not able to just, you know, sit down right. at right. your computer at home all the time. And I think that that is a, a really good point that, you know, when we're talking about you know, the GarageBand app or AudioBus or any of these things, it's like it's really, really good to look at if you are on the move all the time, that these are ways to stay creative. If you're in a hotel room somewhere or if you're on a plane or if you're in an airport or whatever, wherever you are, these are great ways to actually stay creative. Yeah, and again, yeah. even if it's something how I said, whenever I use GarageBand on my iPhone, I feel like I play with it for a little while and then I delete whatever I do because it's just kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It's like you're still remaining creative. Totally. You're, crea- you're creating something no matter if you keep it or not. Yeah, you're exercising that muscle. Exactly, and I think that's super important. I think your point about uh, like you know sitting in a hotel room or sitting on a plane is well taken. I have started to 
make sure that instead of turning on the TV in a hotel room and watching a law and order marathon, I, you know, I, I take out the iPad and I try and make something. Absolutely. I mean, I think that I have, I have fallen into a habit that I don't really, I mean, I watch TV and I watch, you know, series. And so I watch a lot of documentaries, but I I think that my biggest problem with writing music is always that I, when I have free time just to myself, I want to listen to music as badly as I want to play music. And I always wish I could listen to music and write music at the same time. Yeah, you know, it never worked for me. It's, it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work for anybody. But I think that, you know, you know, finding that time and finding that discipline to really just, you know, like you said, exercise that muscle, you know, and again, even if it's for something stupid that you don't keep, you don't even think about, it's just something that's really instantaneous and momentary. It's super important. I mean, and it's, it's, even if it's not something that you're serious about for your life, it's important for you as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. To actually exercise that part of your, your soul. You've taken this deep, man. There was a quote from Kurt Vonnegut that said, and I'm paraphrasing because I think it's a significantly longer quote than this, that he said, the arts are no way to make a living, but it's a way to make your soul grow. Man, yeah, I totally concur. I I don't know how to how to bring this back into uh, bring this back onto the agenda, the schedule. Um, well, Kurt Vonnegut took us to a very deep place. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut and your vodka tonic. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting drunk again. <laughs> oh man! Well, you keep drinking. The so I talked through audio bus. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about was a tool called Jack for iOS. All right. And, I have not heard of this either. Right. So, um, Jack, did you assume that I assumed that because All Jack right. is, a uh, is audio bus is fairly user friendly, fairly clean. Um, from a usability perspective, Jack comes from the world of Linux and I've played around with it on Ubuntu systems, but, um, I expect most people. What have you played? What have you played around with them on Ubuntu? <laughs> Ubuntu, yeah, it's an operating system. Sounds like a dictator in some third world country. I, I don't know where the name comes from, but I, I've always had that reaction, also. Or like a character out of um, what was that movie? I'm. I'll, it'll come to me eventually. All Keep right. on going. <laughs> um. So anyway, that's where Jack comes from originally, and. Uh, so somebody has taken Jack and built an iOS application for it. And it works similar, similarly to AudioBus in that it allows you to make connections between applications. Um, unlike AudioBus, there is no sort of defined framework. It's not like, oh, this is the source, this is the effect, this is the destination. With Jack, you're really just drawing lines between applications and you can route audio anywhere you want it to go um the first time i opened it up and tried connecting anything around it connected my microphone to my speakers and made a feedback loop and everything started humming but so you're (laughs) endorsing this program i wanted to i wanted to mention it because unlike audio bus which is ten dollars jack for ios is free 
um, there are fewer apps right now that have support for Jack built into them, but there are still a handful and there are a handful of free apps if you want to try it out. So it's a, it's a free interconnection solution and there are some free apps available that support it. Um, but it is a little bit trickier to use than audio bus. So it gives you the same capabilities. You can wire things together. Um, perhaps notably, uh, GarageBand does not support Jack now. And I, my guess is that GarageBand will never support Jack just because they've already built in audio bus support. They've stepped out of the box enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's worth grabbing, you know, it's a free thing. Uh, you can you can grab the app. You can check the list of other apps that have support for Jack, and uh, and try playing around with it. But if if it seems like a cool idea, also take a look at Audiobus. I you know for ten bucks, I think Audiobus is well worth it. So I, I will check that out. Yeah. So um, so Audiobus and Jack are sort of the two solutions right now for moving audio between applications in iOS. Um, one of the things that frustrates me when I play with Audiobus, though, is trying to sync things up between applications. So if you've got a track already assembled in GarageBand, um, you know, maybe it's at 100 BPM. I think the thing I was playing with last night was at 101 BPM because I hate round numbers. Um, <laughs> so do I. In the mornings, what do you set your alarm clock for? Uh, usually like 646. Oh yeah, exactly. I that's, set my... that's tricky too, because the, uh, the snooze is eight minutes, right? So if you, if you set things in eight minute intervals, then the snooze can overlap with secondary alarms and tertiary. Yeah. Alarms. I mean, did you say tertiary? I did. Wow. I, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I, I literally have to set I'm not joking with you. Oh, how many alarms do you think I set in the morning? Five. Oh no, eight. eight. I have to set eight alarms right. <laughs> because I've gotten really good at turning it off and not hitting snooze. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to set that many alarms that start that start at six thirty in the morning and go all the way until seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> And yeah, that's intense. Uh, yeah, Jane but I hate, would not but be I, happy with me if I did that. <laughs> well, we're both insanely heavy sleepers, so it just kind of doesn't really even matter. And like I said, I've gotten very good at turning off the alarm, yeah. but the uh, but I hate round numbers as well. I, it's like it starts at like six thirty one, six forty eight. You know, it's like none of them will be in you know zeros or fives. Right. Right. Yeah, if you do seven-minute increments between alarms, then that stacks up with the eight-minute snooze, and you can really get like a pretty intense cacophony happening. Um, I find that's the best way to wake up is like as the alarms converge in time, as they go from like seven-minute spacing down to like one or you know down to three minutes, down to two minutes, down to one, then it gets pretty intense. That does sound very intense. I mean, maybe I should try that in the morning because I'm futilely attempting to wake up at six in the morning to try to exercise. Let's be real here. That's not ever going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to take us back off of this tangent. I don't know how you do this (laughs) again. And, uh, okay. So I was saying syncing things up, right? So if you've got a track 
in uh, in GarageBand you're working on, it's at 101 BPM. Um, maybe you put down a drum beat using one of the drum machines built into GarageBand. And now you want to go add like a little bit of extra percussion stuff or a bass line using some third-party app. So you open up AudioBus, you set that third-party drum machine or, or bass machine as the source, you set GarageBand as the destination, and you're all set to record your bass line or drum line into, uh, into GarageBand. Um, the problem is if you are using something that is sort of pre-programmed or that has its own, if you're not going to play the, the third-party instrument live, if you're trying to program it like iElectribe or Funkbox, something that's got its own metronome in it, um, obviously you can manually set it to the same BPM as GarageBand. But the trick is starting things at the same time. And there's no support for that built into GarageBand or natively built into um, AudioBus. So I had not been following this until very recently, but even before AudioBus and Jack happened, uh, Virtual MIDI and Core MIDI are two technologies for syncing things up and um, passing MIDI synthesis between, um, yeah, passing MIDI lines between apps. Um, right. Give you, I, I'm not going to jump into the whole MIDI background. I'm going to assume that uh, I'll put a link on the show page to, uh, to the MIDI spec, but I'm going to assume anybody listening has a sort of a general understanding of MIDI. And if not, we can come back to that some other time. I think that's a good other topic for another show. I think MIDI is a whole world of possibilities. It is. Um, but so just specifically to iOS for now, uh, these two sort of MIDI standards, core MIDI and virtual MIDI, um, core MIDI allows you to connect hardware MIDI controllers through the camera connection kit on your iPad to applications. And there are a number of applications out there that support this. Um, virtual MIDI is built on top of the core MIDI standard. But what virtual MIDI does is it allows you to route MIDI between applications. So instead of, um, instead of having to, you know, have a hardware controller that's coming into the app, into the mm-hmm. uh, iPad, you're just, you've got one MIDI app, something like uh, the Nord Beat app, which is a free um sequencer right you can have that thing and then you can send midi virtually from that into something else like the funk box or any of the korg apps um so virtual midi is another thing that these apps have to the developers of these instruments have to have supported um but it's a it's a straightforward thing to do um the biggest problem with core midi and virtual midi that I have found is it's really hard to figure out which applications support which standards and every application has a different user interface for configuring this stuff. So uh, for instance, if I want to use the Nord beat sequencer to create a beat in Funkbox, um, those two applications have different terminology, different buttons for how to wire it up. I love how seriously you're able to say the word funk box. I know. It's actually a really cool drum machine. If you don't have that oh, one, uh, check it out. I will, but 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 yeah, I just like with the technical spe- specif- 
specificity? Is that a word? You've got to finish the sentence and I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But just how serious you're saying the word funk box over and over and over again. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to me. Yeah, it's a good, uh, I mean, it's, funk, it's funk a, box it's a great supports, program. it supports audio bus, it supports virtual MIDI, so it's a good example for these things. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, just letting the words roll off my tongue. <laughs> um, so so anyway, what, what virtual MIDI stuff allows you to do is sync things up between apps. But right now, GarageBand doesn't support virtual MIDI. So there's still no good solution for, you know, when I hit play in Funkbox and I want to start the recording in GarageBand at the same time. There's still no good way to do that. You still have to kind of do that manually. Right. But, you know, it's not terrible to uh, to go in and line things up by hand in GarageBand. You know, you, you can get it pretty close, and then you can do a little bit of chopping up. I mean, people used to splice tape by they hand. Did. That's true. That's true. But you can't use a razor blade on your phone. Mm-hmm. So. You say that now. <laughs> Um, so I guess the, the only other thing I wanted to, to say about syncing stuff. So GarageBand doesn't support virtual MIDI, but Loopy HD is a, another recording app that's actually got a really cool interface. It's designed for grabbing a sample, um, you know, some number of bars and creating loops and turning things on and off. It's almost like a real time performance instrument, but you can also, um, capture the output as like an audio file. So Loopy HD is one that's worth looking at, and it does support virtual MIDI. So you can use that to interface with things like Funkbox. Um, but when I tried setting that up, I, I ran into some trouble. So if you're new to this stuff, start out with Audiobus. Start playing around there, and uh, and that will probably whet your appetite to look into all of the rest of this. Fair. I probably will check out Audiobus tonight. Excellent. And then we can reconvene on this. Yeah. Did that is that all make sense to you? Did I uh did I go no. too quickly or is this no. whiskey catching up with me? It's all right. The vodka and the gin caught up with me a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> hence hence orangutan and around. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Well, I well, think I think that all makes sense to me. I think that you've given me and whoever's listening a ton of programs and a ton of great stuff to check out all right and i'll uh, i'll I'm try really and excited. make a list of everything i mentioned on the show page so if you find this in itunes you can uh, go to analogbias.com and find all the links to the stuff there we'll uh, also link some really sweet pictures of orangutans yeah oh and if anybody's listening to this and you want to rate or review the podcast in itunes we would love the feedback but it would also help other people to find us so please do that. Even if you just like the fact that I get drunk on these podcasts. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's it. That's it uh, for this week. And I'll be, I'll be traveling again next week, I think. So uh, we'll we're going to two weeks. Yeah, we're going to try to keep on a very, very rigorous schedule. And we promise that we will have uh, taken care of some theme music and some better technology. Yeah. yeah. So that you can actually see, our suggestions in action. I will take a stab at using these great tools I've mentioned to uh, to do something with with theme music, and maybe and we can pass something back and forth while I'm traveling. Exactly, and then I'll take a stab at actually researching everything that you've talked about 
and purchasing some awesome technology to make my voice sound 10,000 times better. Awesome, man. Well, Jeff, thank you again. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having a drink with me tonight. Absolutely. For our analog bias, I'm Keith Reed. I'm Jeff Fotten. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's, what do we decide? At Keith Reed. Well, I am at Jeff Fotten, but while I'm doing that, let me look you up because somewhere read th- Keith. Th- is it Reed Keith or Keath Reed? It is oh Reed Keith is Brian Keith Reed. That's not me. Nope. Reed Keith is you. Oh, no, sorry. Keith Reed is you. So you can find me at Keith Reed on Twitter. I probably won't respond, but Jeff will be monitoring it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cyber bully you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right. I'll I'll talk to you soon, Jeff. Sounds good, man. Later.